Welcome to Institutionalized. You know what? I don't like that intro anymore. I'm kind of sick of it. And uh, I'm going to come up with something else. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Maybe I'll just talk and introduce the guests before I invite them on. Anyways, I started a Facebook group and uh, for the show. So you can talk about any episodes that we have. Maybe I can get the guests on the show to get on the Facebook and answer any questions that anybody might have. And also just to be a way to build some community uh, for those who have felt alone with this stuff for a while. It's called the Institutionalized Podcast Group. Give it a search, join, promise not to proselytize, and let's hang out. Hey, this is Institutionalized, and uh, I'm Josh, and today I got one of my old friends, Rob Gardner. Rob, how are you today, man? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Perennially tired with my uh, my five-month-old child, uh, (laughs) but doing good. That changes life, doesn't it? Oh, Changes everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's nothing uh nothing deconstructs your world like having a having a newborn baby. That's yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Especially one that has a hard time sleeping through the night. I know me and Abby, we were the happy married couple and then Olivia after three years of not sleeping and crying nonstop, uh, we were we were ready to call it quits and we, yeah. when we were in Hawaii. Like who, who would do that? <laughs> but we were just so stinking tired all the time. And finally she kind of got over it a little bit and started being a really, really good child. And it's worth it in the end. That's, but man, it can be tough at, at yeah. first. Oh yeah. Well, it's inter- it's been interesting watching, you know, like myself, like those first few nights, like, oh, and he's screaming at three in the morning. It's just like, my fuse is so short. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, shut <laughs> dude. Like, please just be quiet. And then like last night, you know, you know, it's only been a couple months and not even last night, like he'd woken up. He woke up like every like hour and a half, two hours. And every time I tried to put him down, he got, he woke up because he wanted to, he wanted to like sleep on me last night. He was just like, I guess feeling mm-hmm. kind of attached and, it was interesting to watch how like my relation to his late night screaming changed. Uh, and I was still like there with it, but I wasn't as frustrated by it as I was, you know, in the beginning. Cause now I'm just like, all right, this is just what you do. You're just a baby. And this is how you, this is how you are at three in the morning. Yeah. What are we going to do? At it? the beginning, it's like, a sh- there's like shock factor. Yeah. It's, I mean? like, why, it's, right? like... it's like, why, what is happening? And like, and then he you know, he's crying because he's tired. It's like, what? That makes no sense, you know, like crying because you're hungry, crying, but it's, yeah. you know, but, but like, yeah, but he's, he's, it's interesting to watch because it's like, he's coming into this world and he has no, like, like to me, it's like to cry because you're tired. doesn't make sense. Just go to sleep. But for him, it's like, but I don't know how to go. Yeah. To, I don't know how to just go to sleep. He hasn't, like, you know, he's only <laughs> been on this earth for five months. It's like, he doesn't like. Yeah, his his way of seeing things isn't my way of seeing things, and so it's been a and and you know that you had the factor on that they can't communicate right. you know, well, so right. <laughs> like right. that makes it a lot more difficult. I can't imagine being frustrated and not being able to communicate. Right. I mean, shoot, when I, I was dealing with insomnia, I, I wanted to cry half the time, and I was a grown forty, grown ass forty two year old man. <laughs> right. 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 Like I get it, yeah. buddy. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It's always funny to me when when people 
say that uh we're born bad and have this you know like like you don't have to teach a kid how to sin like like babies they're selfish like what 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 they're just trying to survive they're just trying to communicate they don't know what's going on like it's we ripped them out of the warmest place in the universe right right it's you know i think there's like there's an interesting connotation around selfishness too like we should Mm. be selfish and like like in a in a in a small sense of like we should look after our own survival. Like every creature in the world is yeah. like just trying to survive. And there is like a selfishness to that. And like, like there was a one, there was one quote I, I heard years ago that was like, I, I, I want to love everybody, but I got to remember that I'm somebody I love too. Like that I'm, that mm. I'm also part of the everybody, you know? And like, yeah. so if I'm going to like dedicate myself to service, some of that service has to be dedicated towards me or else I'm not actually like loving everyone. But then Mm. that service is dedicated towards me gets labeled as selfish and ah, don't do that. But like, well, I don't know. I feel like we have to. Yeah. That's some, that's something that I thought about too, even, even like within Christianity, uh, like Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself. It's like the loving yourself is implied there right you now correct like, correct that's it's almost like three commandments um and, and then there's you know someone someone brought to my attention the other day is like i don't want to love everyone how i want to be loved all the time i also want to love how they want to be loved like mm-hmm. i want to meet them where they're at and um so it's like like balancing that understanding how you would feel with how they need to feel and all those kind of things. And it's, it's a balancing. It's always, you know, it's never either, or is it, it's always both. And totally, totally. Well, and that's where it becomes, so, you know, that's where, like, I think there's a lot to learn from, from more Eastern religions and philosophy. Like, like the core tenet of Buddhism is non-duality. It's the, you know, mm. you think about the yin and yang like symbol. It's like, there is this you know like there's light and there's shadow like the world is dualistic but the like combination of light and shadow is essentially is like it's both and you know like yeah i think some of the some of the best philosophers in the world you know they understand that shadow work and managing your shadow and almost making friends in your shadow with your shadow you know, there's a, a lot of, I guess, in, in Buddhist thought, that would be, you know, road to enlightenment. Uh, Carl Jung, the, the yeah, shadow right, self. And I, and I, yeah, and I, and I think this is something that, that gets, you know, sort of harder to do in at least like American cultural Christianity because the, the shadow self is the devil. You know, it's yeah. this, oh, you can't, what are you doing? Listen, but it's like, like, he's there. You know, like there's like the devil's yeah. here, and and the, like it's just there. Like there's no way, like there's no way around that shadow side of ourselves. And like, right, it's exactly what you're saying. It's we can push that away, we can pretend like it doesn't exist, or we can befriend it. And like, befriending it doesn't mean completely being subservient. And like, you know, like being a good like if I become friends with somebody. It doesn't mean I then do everything that that friend wants all the time. Sometimes it's telling that friend that they're, yeah. they're full of shit and, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. Like, it's not like, a, oh, I'm letting this person into my life. Now I'm going to just completely 
succumb to their will. It's like, no, I'm like, they're here. <laughs> they're they're yeah. here and they're not going anywhere. And it's like, you know, it's like we can get into, you know, a little bit of like my journey. Um, but like when Let's I first started. Tell, us, tell yeah. us who you are. Yeah, awesome. That's such a, that's such a, a loaded question. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so like that was one of the things for me when I, so I always grew up as a basketball player. I think first and foremost, anybody who knows me, I knew me as the basketball guy. And that was just what I loved, you know, like, yeah, I would get up at six in the morning and go, go to get shots up and play all the time. Wanted to play college ball, ended up being a manager at Bandy and then uh, getting to walk on my senior year and actually get to play on ESPN and, you know, do the whole thing. And, and then became a high school math teacher and I'm coaching high. Like I was a, I was a head boys coach at 22 and like giving back and my life looked exactly how I was like, this is exactly what I thought my life was going to look like. I went, I played college ball. I got a good job. I'm giving back. I'm like, I'm head coach at 22, 23, like awesome. But I had, I, I didn't know who I was. I, I didn't know mm. like who Rob was outside of, being the basketball guy, being the service guy, being the coach, being the like, you know, I, I was what I did. And I, and I had yeah. a lot of like, kind of, yeah, a lot of was wrapped up in that. And it wasn't anything anybody else like wanted me to do. It was all my own decisions, but it was still like, kind of like, all right, I, I'm, I'm, I was very much living by the world's opinion, at least how I thought, you know, that was supposed to look like. And so then I left, I quit my job. I like grew my hair out and moved out to California and um, I just kind of like sat around and spent a lot of time by myself and started deconstructing a lot of stuff to, to use your word. And one of them was like actually starting to sit with those parts of myself that I had been denying for a really long time, like the anger and the sadness mm. and the jealousy and the, these things that I was always, that I had always just labeled as bad in my mind of like, you're not yeah. supposed to feel those things. Like I, I'm, I'm the, also, you know, I'm the, I'm the happy, I'm the enthusiastic, I'm the joyful guy. And so there mm -hmm. wasn't really space for me to be sad or be angry or, or like really voice a lot of that stuff. And so I just kind of buried it until then I'm spending eight, nine hours by myself in my brother's apartment. And like, there's no one to talk to and there's no nothing to take my attention away and there's nowhere to hide from that stuff and yeah I gotta I gotta sit with it and I would spend days just crying or like you know yelling at myself in the mirror or going for long walks through San Francisco or whatever it is but yeah kind of getting to know those other parts of myself um, you know there's this it's interesting that you say that like that repression when you when you do that you you end up not being able to learn anything from it and like anger, jealousy, uh, a lot of these things that we would consider the shadow. There's so much to learn there yeah. about ourselves. And there's yeah. so much to develop that can allow us to live. And I, you know, I wonder, I know this, this has happened to me. You know, when I, when I started struggling with my mental health, I realized how many things I had repressed and how many how many of my emotions i had repressed how much of that had just built up inside my body for so long and i had never like looked at it i didn't want to see it you know what i mean and then at that point i just wanted to go away and be 
anyone other than me, mm -hmm. you know, because I, mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't like it and I didn't know how to befriend that shadow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So where did you go from there? Yeah. Um, well, so before I, I got there was something I learned really early on in that in that process. I actually like when I first moved out to California, I was sitting in this like Buddhist Sangha community out in San Francisco. And um, I went to this day long workshop called Feeding Your Demons. And it was just like the whole concept of the practice is like taking the thing that whatever the demon is and like instead of pushing it away, like actually feeding it. So like for me, the, what I was sitting with at the time was like, I had this big desire for control, wanted to control everything. Mm. And, I, and I remember sitting there like visualizing what that looked like. And it was like this big black, like hooded figure, like almost like a Dementor from uh, Harry Potter. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it was just sitting across, it was like this huge, big, like yeah, almost like Grim Reaper style, like, like, you know, yeah. Dang, the and Dementors then, have scythes now. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I was, like, I remember sitting with it and then kind of the direction was to, like, to feed it what it wants. Like, and for me, it was, like, sitting with that control piece. Like, it wanted to be safe. It wanted to know what was going on. It wanted to, like, protect me by knowing it could, if, if it knew, if it had control over everything, it would know it was coming, then I could, like, avoid that pain and that hurt. You know, but mm. it's like, ultimately, I, I can't like, like, so the thing was like, all right, let me feed it what it would, what it's looking for. And then like, in my visualization, it turned into this like child, and this like little child uh. that was like crawling and running around and like moving. And um, the, the whole kind of idea of this thing this woman was talking about is like, is like demons are just like fallen demons and even in the bible the devil is the same way like the devil is an angel that that falls down because it hasn't been met in some way it had it didn't get what it wanted in some way like some like it wasn't able to be healthily integrated into the system so it acted out think about a child you know think about children who act out and yeah. do all these like crazy things right like they're not healthily integrated into the system so they find their way to, to disrupt the system or be part because it's like, I'm going to figure out my space and, and our demons, our shadows, the anger, all that mm -hmm. stuff, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like, you know, maybe I didn't have safe boundaries or whatnot. So then I, I have this anger that like the anger then comes in and, and like creates that thing for me, you know, or like when I would play basketball, yeah. like that anger would drive a lot of like me wanting to get up in the morning. Um, you know, so I don't think they're, yeah, like, I think one of, one of the things, I guess, like, you know, to answer your question of like, where did I go from there? I came, I got to a place where like, I realized that all of these things I was feeling are okay. I think on a simple mm -hmm. level, like that was a big one for me. And it was so basic. I remember my friend Jeannie telling me it on a beach one time, because I was just like, I said to her, I was like, I was like, yo, I don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm in Indonesia right now. I'm in the, I'm on a deserted Island in the middle of the Indian ocean, like hanging out with friends and I feel miserable and I don't like, I don't fucking, I don't get it. I don't understand like what is going, what is wrong with me? You know, like I'm in this incredible situation yeah. that I should be so happy and so at peace and I'm not. And I remember telling my friend that and she's just like, and that's okay. 
And it was so That's simple. That's pretty but, profound. Yeah, but it was so profound because it's like I was like, yeah. I, I never, I never heard that. You know, like it was always like, if you're sad, it's like, mm -hmm. oh well, what can we do to make it better? And how she can was we just fix like, it? how can we, right, fix, how can you? we fix it? Right, it's interesting. Like with with Luca, you know, it's interesting to watch that with me and and like in parenting him. Is it's like he cries, and my initial, my immediate reaction is, how can I get you to stop crying? As opposed to like, okay, you're crying. Interesting. You know, that's uh that's something that Abby told me was one of her big turning points in our relationship was when like I'd be down or I'd be struggling and she's like, I don't have to take responsibility for that anymore and I don't have to fix you. Like mm -hmm. I can I can't mm -hmm. I can't I can't have that. It's killing me. It's killing you. And it's almost like when she stepped away, it made me as a grown man, as a 40 something year old man, have to have to deal with these things. And it ended up being okay. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I deal with certain things that I have to deal with, but I'm learning how to cope a lot better and, and handle things a lot better. And I, I almost kick myself sometimes. And I wonder like, why did, why did it take nearly breaking down, having a physical disease mess with my neurology and getting into the pits of despair so bad to make me learn how to actually sit with my emotions and realize that it was going to be okay mm. i don't know why it takes us so long but you know yeah. that's part of like sports like coming from sports we're like we're strong we are going to like even our even our anger is a virtue you know, and even if we right. act it out, like if we go to the gym early every day because we're pissed off yeah. or uh, if we like it's it's a positive. But then in life, you know, a lot of times like we don't have those outlets unless we're working out all the time or right. like putting it into sports. And if we don't have those things, then I mean, in coaching, not being able to handle my anger was definitely not a positive, you know, <laughs> like not knowing how to handle that. So you went from the Bay Area to hanging out with a bunch of friends in Indonesia. And <laughs> yeah, so you're, yeah, you're no, a guy I... who's gotten out and realized that there's a big world out there outside of kind of where you grew up and what you grew up in. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, and um, yeah, I went to Indonesia, then moved back to New York City, then moved to Austin, Texas, then traveled to Tibet, and now I live in Florida. And, um, yeah, it's been, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it's uh there are a lot of similarities, you know, as you as you for at least for me in terms of like traveling and like seeing all these different people is like I think it can get really easy to get into like this is the way, like this is what I grew up in, and like this is the way, as opposed to like this yeah. is a way. Mm. Oh, what song was that? Oh, there's a song I was listening to the other day. It's like, uh, whatever your method, it's a theory of one. Yeah. <laughs> I got to think on that one for a second. Yeah, yeah, like whatever your method, it's a theory of one that we're all, we all like, ultimately you're only living you're living your experience through your own lens and nobody there, no, there is yeah. no other lens in the entire world and this can be really fucking scary right 
He's like, there's no other lens in the entire world that is seeing the picture the way that you are seeing the picture. Mm. You know, I think that's where like a lot of the, I think fear around sitting with those darker emotions like kind of comes from is because then it's like, wow, I'm not okay. Because there is that moment, right? It's like that moment when you like had that breakdown. You're like, wow, I'm like, I'm actually not okay. I could be okay. I can yeah. be, but it's like, like in, in this moment, like I'm not okay. Like when I was out in California, like there were days where like, I wasn't okay. I didn't feel good. I didn't mm. like, it wasn't like, you know, and, but I think like, that's so necessary. Like we talk, you know, it's like, it's that, that moment of doubt where then faith can actually kind of come in where it's like, okay, I'm not okay. So then let me, like, I think we like, like, I think about it, like this idea of like, we're, we're all sitting on clouds, you know, like, like the, the belief systems that, that like, you know, we're so firmly like, this is what it is. This is the way, like, it's like, you're sitting on a cloud and you don't want to look too deeply at it. A, maybe because everything's fine, you know, <laughs> and it's cool. And like, everything's mm -hmm. working and everything's good. So whatever, no need to look, yeah. but like, but even if, but sometimes Break, we get don't, that, don't like, fix what ain't broken. Exactly. Right. But sometimes we get that, like that kind of, hmm, something feels a little off, you know, and then you start poking at that thing and, and you start realizing, oh, this is actually a cloud. This isn't actually firm, solid. And then the only way to go from there is you fucking fall through the clouds, you know, and now you're falling yeah. and now you're in this space where it's like, what in the hell is this? This is not like, like at least on the cloud, I thought that I was solid, you know, yeah. now I'm falling through the air and I know that I'm not solid. Like what in the hell? But what that then gives the opportunity for, and like what I've found in my, is like, you're going to then land on actual solid ground. And you will be really solid because you sat through that. And now there's this faith that like, isn't rooted in knowing it's rooted in like, in being, you know, it's rooted in like this experience, mm -hmm. you know, cause you, because once you challenge the one, once you challenge the one uncertainty and you fall and you go through all the uncertainty and then you end up like, oh, wow, I'm still okay here. It's like, all right, I guess I don't have to hold all that stuff so rigidly and like, uh, but yeah, it's hard. And it's still going to be all right. It, it yeah, is. It's still gonna be okay. I feel like the dark night of the soul, so, you know, so to speak, kind of comes for everyone at some point. You know, and that's yeah. that's kind of the point of this podcast is like, I want to ask the question, what now? A lot more. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like, okay, I'm in, I've been going through that really dark night and I want to talk to people who have been through it and also like have sat with the question, who am I? What now? What do I really believe? Cause you know, especially for, I, I have a theory. I'm going to test it out a little bit, but especially people that were really heavily involved in athletics and built their identity around that. When that's gone, it's like there's a death in the family, mm. you know, and that death is that you, that you were, and the what now is almost crippling to think about. 
because you've never had to think about it again. And I've kind of gone through that three times with mm -hmm. the death of the player, then the death of the poker player, who may make a comeback, who knows? Mm -hmm. And then the death of the coach, you know, like I wanted to walk away from coaching and I wanted to do something different with my life. And I had no idea what that's going to be. And, you know, kind of sitting with that uncertainty all three times has been really, really debilitating, you know, for, mm -hmm. for stretches, but I always end up being okay. How is that? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, you know, right. But it's, I mean, I mean, but if you think about like, I always just come back to everything is nature, right? Like, like, the trees that give you fruit go through a winter and fucking lose all their leaves mm. and look dead and and the ground looks barren and the whole but then spring comes back and they bloom again and it's like how the fuck do they do that yeah. you know and i we're we're yeah. the same you know we're we're just like i mean that. that's a like, great that's a great metaphor too for you know what our what our lives are you did you grow up you grew up in christianity right yeah not as not as like fundamentalist is and you know it's like the whole everybody this is what it is as you know i grew i so i, yeah. I grew up in i grew up in christianity but i grew up in christianity in a predominantly jewish town in a new york suburb mm. so it, it you grew up was, in christianity that asked a lot of questions that weren't afraid of questions <laughs> uh well i don't know about that i i grew up i grew up in a space where I wasn't afraid of question. There was a lot of diversity in uh, religious expression where I grew up. So it kind of just like, you know, it's like I was going to bar mitzvahs when I was 13 and uh, Muslim friends mm. and different like, so it was like, a, like I grew up in the church. I mean, neither of my parents were like super uh, religious. So like we had to go to church, but I actually took myself to church my senior year of high school because i made a deal with god that if uh, i showed up at church every day on every week on sunday he would get me into duke and uh, i missed two sundays so i got deferred you know that was <laughs> so you ended up you got the vanderbilt silver medal huh yeah i got the vanderbilt silver medal which ended up being way better for me anyway and, and, and that's one of the you know i think sometimes you know i had garth brooks song some of god's greatest gifts are unanswered mm. prayers Oh God! You know you can you can find a lot of wisdom in a country song. Oh every yeah, once in a while. Oh yeah, every once in a while, not so much pop country, just some some of that good old singer songwriter country, especially. Yeah. Speaking of which, I I hope you let me play uh the cover that you did of Todd Snyder's uh spoke as a child at the end of this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that one up because I think that's one of the like. Like they say, like Jesus says in the Bible, right? You'll never inherit the kingdom of heaven unless you become like little children. Mm. And that means like becoming an adult, building this somebodyness, and then whether by your own volition or life's happenstance, having that somebodyness ripped from you and like sitting in this nobodiness with the same innocence that we sat with it as a child of like mm -hmm. you know Being if you open. ask a, if you ask a six-year-old who they are they're not going to sit there and say i'm a banker i'm a coach i'm a basketball player they're like yeah i'm a fucking kid and i'm gonna go play you know what like they they like 
they might have an idea of what they want to be or who they, but it's like, they're just experiencing, you know, it's like, I watch my son, like, look at the world. Like he's just experiencing this thing with this openness without like, he doesn't have yesterday's opinions to color how he sees today's it's like, he's just mm. experiencing it. And I think one of the things for us, you know, one of the things for me, I guess I'll speak of my own personal experience is like opening back up to that childlike openness and that kind of curiosity yeah. and that like, okay, I don't know. Let me sit with this a little bit. Let me ask questions. Let me like, 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 let me, let me trust so much that I am supported by this great force that I can like my small self can question these things and I'm not going to like lose my bearing. <laughs> like I can, I can, I can open yeah. up to this. Like I can have this, I can let go of some of the rigidity with which I think I need to control things and open up to just allowing them to be as they are and, and trusting, you know, just like having faith that it's gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the hard part about kind of, for me, um, being in a high control religious environment that was always reminding you of the threat of hellfire if you weren't doing it right mm -hmm. or you weren't saying the right prayer. That it was hard to even grapple, you know what I mean, with unbelief or with doubts or that you didn't know everything because. Mm -hmm knowing was a prerequisite to belief it was a prerequisite to like being a good christian or getting into heaven and saying i don't know was just rarely accepted there right right and unwinding that like unraveling that untangling that as an adult is like that's one of the most healthy places to be is that open mind of at least for me it's it's one of the more healthy places to be and it also it makes my where i'm not gonna die of monotony <laughs> like mm. i became a father at 23 so like you're doing this right now you like playing seeing the world all this kind of stuff like once you get into that world there become there, you know there's almost this sense of monotony that's like I wake up every morning and I do it the same, like every day. And it's like, what else is there for me to learn from this at some point, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where getting out, like getting out of your little bubble can help. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. getting Right. I think just like, for me, it was having other experiences and meeting other people that were doing well but doing it in their way and me mm. realizing like, okay, like I'm going to do it this way because this is the way I like, but I don't have to do it this way. I could do it that way. And I think there is a danger in like, you know, like I, I was talking to friends about this the other day, like in so much openness, we do lose a level of tradition. We do lose a level of connection, yeah. like, you know, solid connection to community because we don't know, I don't know what they think, but like, there is a, a benefit to like tradition and openness, 
both and, you know, right? It's just like, yeah, like, it's always be, both and. Right. There's got to be room for the tradition and there's got to be room for the chaos because the the tradition gets boring without chaos and the chaos gets fucking crazy without tradition that's just, or without discipline or, you know, it's just how it works. Yeah. And, um, but I think it's, it's interesting, you know, like this, I, this concept of like, right, the threat of hellfire and like, I have two thoughts on that one by the first being like how much that then trickles down into what we were talking about. I'm like, Oh, I can't explore these certain emotions because I don't want to go mm. to hell. Like that yeah. is literally like, with, that's like, a real with, thing like that. Right. If we think about like what it well, and like, even on just like, like then what the perception of hell is, Right, like perception of that, like I'm not gonna put myself through that fire. I'm not gonna look at those emotions in my life. No, like those aren't. I'm gonna push that stuff away. And I think that's like, just, like the second thing I was thinking is like, how do we know hell's a bad place? <laughs> <laughs> Only on institutionalized. You know, no, but you. Know, I mean, but like, like, okay, right? Like, like in Buddhist philosophy, the whole idea is to be here. And it's to be and it's to be present and it's and it's like and, and even and even in christian philosophy it's very similar hey abide by the laws of the land that you're in like where you mm -hmm. are give unto caesar what is caesar's right do be in the thing like if you're you know like if you're a parent that's your trip like mm -hmm. your trip at 23 was to become a father my trip at 23 was to go and become a hippie you know but we and like <laughs> yeah and now you're getting more at 42, you're kind of getting the like, all right, let me go explore this hippie thing a bit. And, you know, me at 31, I'm getting the, all right, let me do this fatherhood thing now. And we each like, but at the end, it's like, it's just about being in the experience and being present in the moment that we're in. And so like, I, I find it to be a very interesting philosophical kind of, you know, uh, a little dance, a little play to be like, okay, like, how do I know hell's a bad place? What mm -hmm. if it's just another thing to be experienced and it may be yeah. really fucking hot and it may be really terrible and my skin might get ripped off and all of these things that could like happen to me might be true, but there's still this soul that's experiencing all of it that can't be touched that gets, you know, put on the cross and crucified and like Christ doesn't get crucified. Jesus gets crucified. So yeah. like rob might go to hell but rob but it rob might burn in hell but rob's soul's not going to burn in hell uh, you know no, that's, mean, that's that's a uh that's a pretty it's not that out there in christianity um no. there's a lot of people that believe that it's the purifying fire like you're not going to stay there for eternity you're not going to be tormented for eternity it's more of a purifying fire right. that knocks off all of the fake you right <laughs> all totally the baggage all of that right and right and, and that's and a so concept I, think, I can understand correct right and i think and that's what we're you know and that's what we're talking about trying to do before our soul leaves this body which is hey let me sit with mm. this anger let me sit with this jealousy let me sit with this sadness let me sit with all this shit that's not me but it's trying to point to something and it's trying to kind of give me like let me just sit with it and let me knock all this stuff off that's not me right now you know, so I don't yeah. have to go through all that. But if I do go through that, then all right, cool. Like I needed some help purifying. And I, right, I think that's like, you know, it's just or looking make, at make, it. Even like, making peace with it, you know? Yeah.
Yeah, right, right. Like I'm, right, I'm a big like, fan of uh, I did internal family systems therapy. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've to, ever, yeah, ever I've heard, heard of that. Uh-huh. Holy crap, dude! Like, first off, my therapist was great. I'm definitely gonna have him on this podcast at some point. He's an Adventist p- pastor. I mean, he's just a great guy. He's a great therapist, and he understands a lot about religious trauma. And he understood that a lot of these things that were coming up in me, uh, that were like my inner child, this exile, this uh, protector of the little child that I had that would rage out and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was to meet this part of me with so much more grace and especially like the protectors or like sometimes they call them the firefighters. They're doing a job for you that has worked in the past that has protected you. But now you're an adult and you don't need that anymore. And it's time for a new job. And you just reminding it, reminding yourself very gently, very calmly, like this is a part of me, but and it's a good part of me, not a bad part of me. It's, it's that, you know, that non-dual that, right. you know what I mean? Right. right. Like totally. It's, it's, it just is. Yeah. Right. It's like for me with my anxiety, like, so like, right. Like as a kid, like when I was a kid, like part of the reason I got into basketball is because I could escape everything in basketball. I didn't have to deal with my family shit. I didn't have to deal yeah. with anything. So like, I can get on the court and I could escape. And so there's like, like escaping is my, like, you know, we've talked about the Enneagram and stuff before. Like I lead with type seven escaping is my, mm-hmm. like, that's my, that's my coping mechanism. That's my way to, to keep myself safe. And so like a lot of that is, you know, been dealing with anxiety and, um, you know, that's one of the, like, it's exactly like what you just talked about this conversation I'll have with my anxiety all the time. I'll be in a, a uncomfortable yeah. situation or I'll be going to do something and, and I'll start to, you know, getting a little short of breath and I'll start to have these thoughts and, oh shit, what if it goes like this? And I, and I, and I like, you know, I feel this, I, I see it as like a fox. I just, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I say hi. I'm like, hey, what's up, anxiety fox? How you doing? Welcome back. <laughs> thanks, thanks for showing up to the party. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm just about to go, I'm just going to go speak on a stage. Thanks for showing up. I know you're just trying to help. I'm good. Like, <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah. And that's it. That's the, that's how the guest Kelly conversation goes, you know? And like, yeah. because it is, it's exactly what you talked about, right? We, we, we like, right. These, these things are trying to help us, you know, they're trying, they're, they're doing mm-hmm. a job that they've done over and over and over again as the way to keep us safe as the way to keep us like solid. And, but then, right. As we grow up, we grow, we, you know, we're not, we're not in the same, you know, we're not in the same situation that we were in. Um, yeah. You know, like, like, like for right. me, like I grew up, like my dad, like growing up, like my dad's alcoholic. And I, or I like, it was very constantly, like, I kind of like became the man of the house very early. because I was the responsible one. And so there was this mm. like, so for me, it's like, I gotta be hypervigilant and everything. I gotta know everything that's going on and I can't add my shit to the, to the, uh, you know, yeah. to the space because I got to keep, I got to be the rock. I got to be, the so, I, I got to be the solid one in the system of chaos. And, and that control and repression worked for you then. Right. So, right. So then it becomes this, right. So then I'm going to, I'm going to stuff all the shit that like, 
sadness nope anger nope jealousy no all this stuff is it's just gonna go down uh because it's a it's a survival mechanism it was just a straight up yeah. like survival thing but then i'm i'm sitting and i'm 23 24 now 30 whatever and like i'm not in that environment anymore you know but that same kind yeah. of like way of looking at it that same kind of hyper vigilance that same like you know Oh, I don't think like one of the practices I've had to have with my, with my wife is like actually sharing when I'm not feeling good or like being like, Hey, you did this and that made me feel X and I need you to, you know, like that's been huge for me, yeah. huge for me because I just, you know, I was just, I hardly, I used to just never say that stuff. Um, Conflict so. avoidant. Yeah. Right. I think we, totally. we were on a, on your podcast on the bench. Uh, I sat on the bench one time, I think it was with you and jazz. And um, I remember her bringing that up and I did not realize it until I went to therapy and started doing IFS when she said, I see what you're doing there, but uh, we don't need that anymore. And I got this, she kind of said the same thing. I was like, oh, wow, that is brilliant. And then I was yeah. like, oh, when I started doing IFS, like, oh, that's where that comes from. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. it's good stuff. Hey, you asked me the best question I've ever been asked. And I think that um, you might have got it from Aldous Huxley. What do you know to be true that you haven't been taught or told? And that mm. stuck with me so much. It really like I've thought on that. I've meditated on it. And it really helped just just asking that question, not even answering it, but just asking that question connects connects me so much to myself. Mm. I'm asking you that question now. What do you know to be true, Rob Gardner, that you have not been taught or told? Oh man, yeah, this is one of those that I think serves the meditation best uh, <laughs> as well. But I, I, you know. You know, it's funny. I, the, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'll explain it, you know, is that God is real and he's here to help us. Mm. And it's funny because that's totally something that I could have been taught or told and have been taught or told. But it's not something I know because I was taught or told it. Like I know it because just... I know it because I experienced it. I know it because I went and proved it. Like I went and like, like I've never been one to be like, okay, well, Jesus says this, so that must be true. Like I'm more of like a, okay, coach says this, so let me go try it out and let me go experiment with it, and I'll come back and let you know what I find. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, all right, I, all right, nice suggestion. I'll go try it out. I'll let you know. And, um, and my, my, but so often we, you know, so often we minimize that you minimize experience, you know what I mean? Like experience right. is so valuable. Right. Right. And I, and right. And like, right. Like I didn't set out when I set out on that journey, like I didn't set out to like, you know, find God or some higher power or some like, you know, secret of the universe or anything. It wasn't my, that wasn't my quest. I was just trying to figure out what my authentic self looked like outside of the crowd. Um, yeah. 
but like in doing that, uh, just, I, yeah, started touching that deeper self and it's like, okay, this deeper thing that I'm touching is the same as this like whole big primordial force that I'm like, you know, and like, it's not separate from, and I remember, I remember like what, like the first time I ever did LSD, I was like sitting out on a hill out in California and I'm looking at my hand and this is a trippy one. Like anybody who's listening to this can do it. Like I'm looking at my hand. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, how do I close my hand? Like, how do I make my hand close? You know? Cause if you think, if I think in my brain, if I use my mind, if I use the power of my mind, which is what, you know, in American culture, you know, I think, I think therefore I am, you know, like uh, the mind yeah. is the most powerful thing. You got to know, like you're, you knowing is the most powerful thing. So, all right, think about closing. Your Especially hand. in sports culture too, and mind over right. matter and right. you know, totally. I mean, the power of the will. Right. But if I think about closing my hand, close 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 my hand. My fucking hand doesn't close. <laughs> like I can sit here and think about closing my hand till I am blue in the face. But it's not yeah. gonna close. But somehow when I want to close my hand, I can close it. I can just whoop, make a fist. But thinking about it doesn't do it. So there's something like I had this realization. I was like, okay, there is something. And this was a big one for me because I I always like my value is on knowing things. How do I control? The only way I'm yeah. able to control things is if I know everything. But I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my hand. I'm like, holy shit, I don't even know how I close my hand. Like, I, <laughs> I don't even what the, I don't even Sounds, know. Sounds sure. like someone on a real trip. Yeah, right? You know, and I'm sure like somebody, like some scientist could come on here and be like, well, the neuron fires. But okay, but how do I control the neuron? Because my thought about closing it doesn't close it. So it's like, so, so, so that then for me was this moment where I was like, okay, there has to be something that's stronger than the mind or, or like there's, there's, there has to be something deeper than the mind. This can't be the all, most all powerful thing because it doesn't even, it can't even fucking close my hand. It can't like, you know, so yeah. then that led me down, you know, then that started to lead me down like, a, a little rabbit hole and then i got on like a big you know went down like the psychedelic journey and was experimenting with mushrooms and lsd a few more times and dmt and some different different thing got into ayahuasca later but um like i remember having this one moment where i i then was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna like achieve enlightenment like i'm gonna do as many psychedelics as i can find and i'm gonna have this moment where i know you know, because then after that moment, it's like yeah. a shift a bit. It's like, all right, now I want to know the secret of the universe. Like, I want to know, like, is God, is God real? Is this really happening? You know, it's like, screw, you screw going like, for it, dude. You know, screw knowing myself. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to know, you know, like, I want to sit, yeah. I want to sit in the same enlightenment space that the Buddha sat in. Like, I'm going to do it. So I get, I go out to California. I'm on this big piece of land, like 100 acres out in the Lake Tahoe, in the Tahoe National Forest, about at a friend's place. And like, I did, I did LSD, I did mushrooms, smoked some herb, I did some ketamine, like, all in the same day, just like, bam, like, trying to, like, I'm going to have this moment, you know? And I get I'm to glad the, you're still this, with us. Yeah, me too, right? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, if anyone who's listening, you know, proceed, proceed with caution, right? Yeah, this is not uh, recommended. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. This is this was my own personal experience for the state for the sake of this story. So I right, so I, I'm like, I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh man, this has been cool. Everything's felt good, but I didn't have that moment, you know, I didn't have that moment where it's like, all right, like I really feel this like enlightenment or whatever I thought that was supposed to feel like. So I look at my brother, I'm like, all right, dude, well, I guess like we got to smoke some DMT first. Like, that's what the, that's it. Like, it's the end of the day. It's 1130 at night. Like we haven't smoked DMT yet. Like, let's just, let's do that. And I'm going to get this answer. Like, I'm going to have the moment. It's going to, it's got, it's, it's got to happen right now. You know, like, it's got, it's yeah, got you're to. Gonna, you're going to will it. It's got to. Spoken like a true athlete. It's got to. And I remember I sat down and we smoked and I get all high. And then I just hear fucking one sentence. This is deep. It is like not my voice. And it came from somewhere deep, deep, deep in here, out there. I don't even know. But like, I heard it clear as day. You think you need any of this? And then I went to sleep. That was it. I didn't touch psychedelics for like two and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) You start hearing things, maybe. Says you think you need Yeah, you think you you think you need any of this. Like you think you need the drug to like Mm. touch this. And then and then, you know, and then after that I really started like sitting and like looking at my life and like seeing all these moments where like like I would almost like know what was about to happen before it happened or like like I remember when I was trying to decide to move to like where I wanted to move like I prayed one day and I was like I was between New York and Oakland and New Orleans I prayed and I was like yo like I have no idea where the hell I'm supposed to go like I need some help like help brother out and like the next day I get a call from my friend and she's like hey I'm moving to Austin and we hadn't talked in like months. And she was like out of nowhere, called me the day after I like prayed, asking for some help and was like, yeah, this is where I'm moving. And I'm like, great, me too. And like, that's, where, that's how I ended up in Austin. <laughs> like, that's so wild, dude. But it's like, so I, yeah, so like, I think, I think really and truly like God or this universal force or like whatever, like totally real. They totally here to help us. And I think when we're like not living in alignment, sometimes that help looks like punishment. Sometimes that help looks like mm. fucking eternal fire, you know, because it's, I got to purify yeah. you because you won't purify yourself. The coach who fucking, you know, is hard on a kid because they, you know, aren't hard on themselves. Like, but I don't think that's like, and I think that's where like, you know, I guess like cultural Christianity kind of goes wrong. It's like, I don't think, I don't think God comes to anger first. Like there's a, there's a line in the, mm-hmm. there's a line in the Quran that he talks about, like, I always send my messenger before I send my wrath. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm always going to send the line. messenger first, you know, but then if we're not in yeah. touch with ourselves, we don't hear the message. So then the only way is to, is to get the wrath. You know, it's like you were talking about, well, how come I had to like get this whole like catastrophic thing happen to then come and sit with myself. And it's like, well, like you were probably getting messages all along, but you know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason it's, oh no, I'm not going to, oh no, I'm not. Gonna. And then eventually it's like, 
all right, well, you didn't hear all my messages, so time to come fucking <laughs> rip the yeah, house away. Like, I tell you, it's hard though growing up. Like it's hard growing up in in some of these circles because you're you're so programmed to self-denial to not listen to your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Like right. a lot of these scripture is used to make us disconnect from self. It's and then funny, you get you know, to a I, point I, in your life that you don't even know yourself. Right. It's funny. I posted a, like I actually posted something on Instagram, like a few months ago, it was like a video about listening to your heart and somebody commented on mm. it. It was like, no, like don't do that. The heart is deceitful. Like same quote you just like the heart is deceitful it's like wait what like, yeah right because it's like like it's programmed well, man like right, it's, it's, they, you know right. they call it the flesh they'll call it right whatever and right and this is and this is what's in like this is what's so interesting to me because it's like i mean i totally yeah i mean i've totally gone down this like mystic rabbit hole um i shouldn't even call it a rabbit hole but you know but yeah i've, I've gone down this like mystic like we're deconstructing up in here we're deconstructing up in this bitch yeah yeah but (laughs) yeah i guess i should call it a rabbit hole because it makes it feel like it's like you know cuckoo or something it's totally real it's like 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 why is the body like this is one thing i've never really been able to understand is like like your the whole idea of like original sin and you like you and abby talked about it on your podcast with her of like you're born into sin and like your body, your flesh is like inherently wrong. Right. But God created it. Like, you know, like, like, and said it was good. And said it was good. Right. Like, like, I don't like, I don't understand yet. Like, how is it inherently bad? You know, like, it's like, there's not, I think, that concept, you know, it's like Christianity and all that stuff changed so many times over the years. There's been reformations. There's been different people with their own interpretations of things. I think that came from Augustine uh, of Hippo. And he definitely hated himself. Like he, he despised himself and was kind of a, had his own deviant sexual problems. And, you know, he started talking about hell and a bunch of different things. And, uh, I think that these are man-made concepts, yeah. you know, like, like that, it just doesn't ring true to me. Even, even this is something that I learned with IFS therapy, getting back to that is true self, like getting to true self is incapable of harm. It's in, incapable of anything yeah. but profound yeah. love and all that stuff. Like your true self will bring peace It'll be somebody who listens with empathy to the other parts of yourself, somebody that sees the world in a, in a way that is connected, you know? Right, right. So let me ask you this, Rob. You're one of my favorite people in the world, and you're one of the most loving people I've ever met. And it's not just because of happy, Rob. I've seen you upset or mad, too. Right. Um, what? Where are you? now with everything what do you believe what is your foundation because i know this podcast about deconstruction but i don't want to just deconstruct every everything and leave ashes at my feet you know what i'm saying like there's i'm trying a lot harder to get to know myself i'm trying a lot harder to kind of have a foundation because what i had kind of crumbled where are you right now i'm curious 
Yeah. How do you be able to project so much love into the world and have your robness just shine? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, hmm. I mean, the first, the first thing that comes to mind with that is like, like we chose an earthly experience. We shouldn't allow our deconstruction to like throw that earthly experience out. Mm -hmm. I think is like, what I mean by that is like, right. So like I became, I became very much somebody as this basketball player and as a coach and like doing this thing. And then I, and then I like was like, kind of put that on hold. I threw that part of me out to then go and like sit with this other piece of myself. But it is kind of more like spiritual and kind of more like, yeah, esoteric. Everything can be anything. Um, yeah. But then it's like from that place, I chose this body. Like from that like like super primordial soul space. I was like, yep, let me go into this body and do this thing. And mm. so I think like from that standpoint, it's like I, the truest self that I'm trying to find in this body and in this lifetime chose this ex chose this existence for something and i don't necessarily know that it's like i'm ever like i don't necessarily think that it's like important to know exactly what that purpose is because it changes over time and whatnot but i think it is important to like commit to playing with it you know, it's like something mm. you you were saying, and like, like you were saying before we started recording, is like, like you and Abby separated for a little bit, and then you had your deconstruction mm -hmm. space, but then you realized what like that was doing to your girls, and it, you realized like you're like, oh, like me being a father, and me being me living out this like earthly role is more important than me deconstructing the concepts of of marriage and monogamy and whatnot. And I yeah. think like, right, like that's a really like something for me too, is it's like, yeah, like I'm gonna like lean into this role of being a father and doing this earthly thing because that's like what I chose. Like, yeah, I could keep You're doing going to be here and now. Right, right. I'm gonna right, I'm gonna be Ram here. Das would gonna, say. Yeah, right, exactly. Like I'm just gonna like like if if I'm a if I really am a soul having a human experience, so I actually, I guess, well, so to go to your question about like foundation, the big foundational piece for me is I was sitting on it. I was sitting, this speaker died, but you can still hear me, right? Yeah. Um, we're on my computer audio, but um, so I was sitting on a bench about like a year into maybe me kind of leaving for California and doing that whole thing. And I was sitting there and I'd been hearing all this stuff, you know, about like, you know, we're humans having a, we're not, we're not humans having a spiritual experience We're spirits having a human experience and this and that. I'm just like, all right, I'll entertain it. I'll, I'll, I'll dabble with this thought experiment. And, and I was sitting there and I was just like, all right, like if I were really God in a human body, let's just, <laughs> let's just play that. Let's just play that. You know, yeah thought experiment out if i'm really if i'm really like god's spirit in a human body what would i do every day and the first thing that came to me was i would love because mm. like 
that's all that Jesus talks about, is what Buddha talks about, is what Muhammad talks about, is what feels right to me. In yogic philosophy, the first yama is do no harm. Like, it just seems like, I mean, in Christian, in the Bible, God is love, right? I mean, it's like, it just seems like yeah. I would love, like, first and foremost, if I really am in IFS, your true self is not harming. Like, it's not, right? It's this, it's this, like, it's incapable of anything but love. Right. Right. So at our core level, like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to love. And then the second one was like, well, I would explore because like, if I'm God, then everything else is God also. So why do I, I don't need to be afraid of myself. So let's go explore this thing. And then, and then the last one that came was I would play. Because otherwise, why the hell else would I come here if not to, you know, why, why would why would I some like existential, you know, unlimited being choose to come into this limited body, if not to like play and experience and engage with this plane of existence. Um, and so then that became play, explore, love. And that became like my foundation for um you know, how I want to live and how I want to exist every day because it became very, it's very, it became very practical. You know, mm. that's like, at the end of the day for me, like we're, again, the theme of the night, it's both, both and. Yeah. I am both human and living in an earthly body and a son of, you know, like I, I'm both a son of my spiritual father and a son of my earthly mother. Like they're both like both of those things make me the human being that I am. And, you know, so I think just, yeah, really honoring both parts of that journey, like being open to this, like, yeah, being open to the spiritual lessons and teaching. And then also recognizing that the world that like, you know, like, like I have, I have a friend who who is like really gotten into like kind of the spiritual path lately, and he's been getting into like kind of the like Indian saints and stuff. He's like, you know, there are people who like fly and can make stuff like you know appear out of nowhere and like coins and all this stuff. And like, and I'm like, yeah. And if you want to do that, you can do that too. I was like, for me, I don't really have an interest in it. Like, I'm being a dad. <laughs> that's <not cool. laughs> if you want to go to fly that's fucking cool hey listen if, if if he can prove that one to me i'll convert right now right. i just want to fly like i've always wanted to fly jeez right. i was i was reading um i'm almost done with it i got about two hours left on audio and uh the bhagavad gita yeah. and wow beautiful like it's it's so there's so much there and i cannot help but think that when i read the words in red that are in the bible there's so many similarities to a lot of the things that are in the bhagavad-gita like there's so well, much influence in that well it's the same like avatar so like you know i mean in the yeah. bhagavad-gita it's krishna who comes down and talks to arjuna and in mm -hmm. like, like jesus is totally uh manifestation of krishna i mean you know if yeah. you, you're if you're into the you know the yeah thing, the, the, the religious point thing like like totally jesus is the same like 
Krishna avatar idea. And, yeah. um, you know, I think it's, it's interesting you bring up the Bhagavad Gita because that's like a perfect example of like this healthy balance between like deconstructing and then also like just being who we are, right? Is it's like yeah. Arjuna is called to fight and he's like, he starts deconstructing it. He's like, I'm not going to fight. Like, those are my brothers, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's my family. I'm not going to fight in this civil war. Like, and Christian's like, no, you have to. He's like, and and one of the things he said, and this isn't like an exact quote, but it's the idea is like, he's like, renunciation is only like part of the way. Like for you to yeah. like re renounce fighting isn't, be, isn't your whole duty. Like that's not yoga is to renounce everything. It's, it's to mm -hmm. like, it's to just pick up is to do what we're doing with an aligned action. It's like, yo, Arjuna, you're a warrior. You have to fight. That's your trip. You're, that's, mm -hmm. that's what you can, like, you came here as a warrior. You have to fight. You don't have to fight unconsciously. You don't have to fight out of malice. You don't have to fight out of spite. You can fight completely aligned in love. You can fight totally like, you know, in your way, but you got to fight. You, you can't, yeah. you, you can't just renounce what you're here to do on earth. Like that's not the trip. Like, so yeah, it's a good one. Glad you, glad you brought that one up. Uh, yeah. I'm a, uh, that's, that's kind of like, you know, when I was thinking about like, like with, with my marriage too, like me and Abby, both deconstructing our marriage, deconstructing, um, our relationship in a way like down to the bare bricks analyzing a lot of the things coming back from separation there's so much more to us and that we feel for each other than there ever has been like there always was a ton like we've always been you know a great couple and gotten along really well until I kind of lost it a little bit as as far as like struggling with my mental health and everything else was really hard time but like the reconstruction part of our relationship has been one of the most one of the most positive experiences of my life mm. honestly mm. like the both and that we've been living in like for the last the understanding of each other the knowing the worst things about each other and it being okay you know, like, like that real love, like it's been pretty amazing. Um, right. Well, I'm glad you shared that, right? Because I think I, it's that idea of it's like, it's real love. Because, yeah. it, because it's, yeah, it's not something somebody told you. It's something it's, 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 I don't have to anymore. I want to. Right. She doesn't have to anymore. She wants to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, right. it's a different thing we're not together because we have to be together right it's like what well, right it's like you asked me the question like what do you what do you know that you haven't been taught or told it's like oh my god is real and he's here to help like i'm not saying that because i have to you know yeah. say that because i want to like i'm saying that because it's like like that's the experience that i've had like my like there have been so many like i was sitting i was sitting when, when my wife and I first started this program, she's in this doctorate program she's in, like, we, like COVID happened, we got married, three weeks after, she lost her job, three weeks after that, I lost mine, we moved back to Florida, I got a job at a juice bar for the summer, and then we moved here to Melbourne, 
she's going to start her doctorate program. I know nobody like I had $70 in my bank account. Like, and I just, you know, again, I just prayed. I was like, yo, God, I need some help. I don't, I don't need to be rich. I don't need millions of dollars. I don't even need a job forever. But like right now, I really need a job. <laughs> like I really need some a job yeah. with some work and some money, dude. Like I just need some help. And like literally within like the next week or two, this dude that I'd met down at Fort Lauderdale, we ended up connected again. He offered me a job as a like his operations manager. And I was making like 50K for the year. And that was more than Jeez. I made job as a teacher. I hadn't had a job that made me that much in 10 years. I've been a fucking hippie at it, you know, but it's like... <laughs> You didn't you know, make that much in the Spider-Man suit riding the bike in New Orleans for people? No, no, I didn't close. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, you know, so I, I think it's one of those things, like, yeah, when, when you really like right, there's there's it's it's like what we talked about, you know, going back to the cloud metaphor. It's like like being on a cloud is nice, but there's always kind of this like. Uh, I have to keep doing this thing because otherwise we're at risk of it breaking and we're going to fall through, mm. the, through the cloud. Right. Yeah. There's always, even, even though there's that certainty, there's always that fear that the certainty is going to get, there, there's always that like fear that the certainty is going to get taken away. So you act in a way that may not always be in alignment with yourself to keep the certainty. Mm. But once we like, again like either choose to take it away or or have it ripped away from us while incredibly scary and incredibly vulnerable and incredibly like what in the fuck is going on now like what is happening it provides the opportunity to land on solid ground that the people who only ever stay in the clouds they don't get and they also don't have to go through falling which is like, yeah. oh, you know, maybe, maybe there's some like, you know, as they talk, ignorance is bliss. Like maybe there's some benefit to that. But for me, wanting the, wanting the, the whole depth of the human experience, I'm falling through every cloud that I can. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you would say that. We got to do this again sometime. This has yeah. been great. Yeah. This has been, this has literally done my soul good. Hey, just to see you talk to you. Uh, but we got it. We got to do this more. And um, I appreciate you coming on here. I know a lot of the people that are listening will probably think that we're both nuts, but there's something, there's something profound and just heart elevating. I don't know how else to say it every time I talk to you. Yeah. And I think something like, just to the people who might think we're nuts. Uh, like I'm okay with it. Of course. Of course. I know you're okay with it. Yeah, of course. No, but I but I I like I had a friend the other day that he went to he went to um he went to Catholic mass and he's just experimenting with it he's like oh, trying to he was raised catholic and he's kind of like playing with getting back into it but he's also been on this like very you know kind of esoteric mystical vibe with me too so yeah he's like in this you know he's like well but he's like in there talking to the priest he's like so we're like what about like other gods or like what about buddha or what about this or what about that like what do you have to say about that and like you know the priest preacher 
pastor or whatever was like, he said, like, well, no, like the way I see it is like, there's only one God, there's one way to heaven. It's through Jesus. It's this, that, and the other thing. And my, and my friend kind of got hung up on that because he was like, well, that's different than what I believe. But he was also describing to me how this dude like welcomed everybody into their home and he fed everybody and he was very warm and he was very welcoming. And, and like, my response was like, like, all right, so then when you hang out with this dude next time, like, don't just pick his brain, pick his heart. Mm. And I think like, you know, if anybody that, you know, if anybody were to sit with us, like in person and hang out or like watch us <laughs> interact with our kids or like watch us interact with the people we used to coach or just a stranger on the street, like, yeah, see the same love that Jesus talks about pouring out in our actions. Mm. So whether it be like like come to a summer set summer basketball session yeah right like so it's like yeah it's like whether we believe the same thing in our head or whether we like quote unquote know the same truths we can act in the same way we can we can still come from that space of love and that space of like love your neighbor you know I hear you. That's nice. Living a living a non-dual life, you can do that. You know, you don't have to draw those like dividing lines that end up making you not be able to to love your neighbor quite as well as you could otherwise. Right, right. Cause right, because you're right. What you believe isn't like, yeah. Your belief, it's all theory of one, you know, whatever your method, it's all theory of one. So let me give you grace. And like as far as every like everywhere I've traveled to everybody eats food everybody likes to dance everybody likes music everybody smiles at each other everybody has family that they like more than others you know it's like you haven't been around a lot of baptists they don't like to dance well they dance in their own way (laughs) they probably do (laughs) yeah everybody dances in their own way they dance when their football team wins right there you go there you go long as they're dancing well dude hey i appreciate it rob thanks for coming on yeah for sure uh, Yeah, we'll do it again for sure. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening if you made it this far. If you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe. And uh, if you could be so kind, if you're enjoying the show, leave a nice five-star review and uh, say nice things about it. But also don't forget the Facebook group. Um, Join. Let's continue the conversation. I'm wanting to meet people that could be possible guests on the show. So, uh Yeah, check it out. It's Institutionalized Podcast Group on Facebook. Now, as promised, I said I would play a cover of Rob's. This is Todd Steiner's Spoke as a Child by Rob Gardner. Everyone has days like I'm having. Holding on to anything that I can To keep myself from anything but laughing Looking back as far as I can stay Out my window, winter's almost over I can almost see the sun behind these clouds Looking back where I was a year ago today Laughing at the shape 
coming now When I was a child I spoke as a child But all I heard was how I should get ahead Now growing up it ain't anything But all this indecision With these debts and doubts and worries Hanging over my head when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I wish I could remember what I said. I'd like to find that old time feeling that's somewhere in between what I've become. Somewhere down the line It must have seemed appealing So I suppose that it must work for some But I want to go back to going crazy Believing every word that I was told You know sometimes growing up I think I'm getting wiser the time I think I'm getting old When I was a child I spoke as a child But all I heard was how I should get ahead Now growing up it ain't anything But all this indecision With these debts and doubts and worries Hanging over my head when I was a child, I spoke as a child. God, I wish I could remember what I said. God, I wish I could remember what I said.